In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Linda Cham, Vice President of IT for the Amphenol Corporation. Linda has been with Amphenol since the beginning of 2021. We talk about her first year on the job, getting to know how the various Amphenol divisions work, and building a more tight-knit collaborative IT community. We talk about growing up in Long Island and working 40 hours a week during high school simply because she loved to work. We talk about majoring in psychology in college, but switching to IT in her first job and never looking back. We talk about the enjoyment of being a college professor on the side, and we talk about her very practical Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. You get too many emails? <laughs> Welcome to the world of, of just the world. <laughs> yeah. How, how did I can't believe that a vice president of IT gets a lot of emails. <laughs> how appropriate that is. Well, thank you for doing this today, Linda. You just got started here. You really have just begun here at Amphenol over the last year. Um, I'm curious to see or to hear what your vision is of Amphenol now versus when you first started with the company uh, at the end of last year, beginning of this year. I would say Klaus and everybody that I interviewed with, all 11 of them, basically <laughs> did uh, give me a great picture of Amphenol, believe it or not. Yeah. They, they, that we were in this particular building and not to be surprised over it and whatnot. So it kind of did live up to my expectations. The one thing that exceeded my expectations was how um, nice everybody it actually is, I would say. Like, you don't know that, obviously, but I would say, like, everybody, and now that I'm visiting the different divisions, then want and need to collaborate across divisions, across groups even, has been awesome. That that would be like my one thing that exceeded all expectations. That's excellent. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And you you come into a company uh, as you know the VP of of IT, which is very complicated or can be very complicated. You come to a company <laughs> that is a, a very decentralized company, um, very entrepreneurial spirit, as you've heard hundreds and hundreds of times since you've been here, which sometimes can be a detriment to an IT community where you'd like to have some uniformity and some commonality among systems, I think, to make things easier. How have you managed to, to deal with that in your workings with the various groups and divisions since you started? I actually love it. Okay. Many people have asked me about that and even during the interview right I think I was told many times we are decentralized we're going to stay decentralized you're never going to be like a CIO like mm -hmm. we will stay and I was like I'm okay with that because what I think it does present is opportunity right so we don't need to be a centralized right we don't need it and I've seen it where it failed, right? And it's actually more concerning. So I've been in many different companies where we say, oh, we're going to centralize and then things just don't work the same. And, you know, revenues start going down. What I love about the way we have it set up is that it uh, allows them to keep that entrepreneurial spirit. But I'm able to bring to the table the collaboration, the um, the the purchasing, the savings, the discounts, and honestly, the, just the uh, interactions between the people. And so as I've been going around to the different divisions, so many of the IT people have been saying, thank you so much. Mm. Literally, like I will 
pull names, but because I just came from, from IPC, Stuart Ward, he said to me, I've been here for 15 years. He goes, it's been so great to see the energy, the collaboration, because IT is IT is IT. I sure. mean, at the end of the day, the base things, right? We all need a lot of the same things. So why does anybody have to start from ground zero? Why don't we just share with each other? Mm-hmm. Why don't we discuss? And I just get happy when I see, like, it's stupid, but I, I get happy when I see Dusty from Positronics post something and say, anybody else interested? And then I see people hop on and then they get five divisions in and they got 40% discount. I'm like, I call the Uber of IT, right? Uh, Because we're able to connect each other. And I love when I don't even have to do anything and they're just kind of off doing it on their own and building their relationship. You know, I had Jim Kender said to me, he goes, uh, before you started, I didn't know a lot of them. And then I got, went on this call with Rob from RF. He put on this call for this vendor. I get on and, he, and he's going, wow, I know everybody. And I think that that's pretty amazing. You've really done a, a good job of building that IT community that people knew each other for sure, but I think they hadn't had uh, one person who kind of oversaw it and wrapped their arms around everyone and said, no, let's all play together as a team. And, you know, we're all one all here while doing this. You could still do your own thing, but if you need help, I'm here to help you. And it sounds like you found a tremendous positive response to that and a lot of support, which is, which is fantastic. And it has to be heartwarming for you in your first year in the job. Yes. That's what I said. Like, I love it when I see it, right? I love it when I see these people connecting and it's, it's kind of silly, but that's actually what, uh, what brings me great. Like you said, it's heartwarming, great satisfaction. You know, I actually, the one thing that I really want to get around to is the, is international. I see a lot of North America jumping in and I think it may be because of language differences, Sure. but I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, how do I actually bring in some of the international folks? I mean, they're all on the platform. I just don't see as much activity. And the platform you're talking about is you worked to create basically an, an IT uh, intranet where you have you build this community and this is the community that uh, again is starting to share a lot of this information that that you hadn't had anyone to uh, coordinate and share before so talk a little bit about that and you've already mentioned it I think without specifically referring to it but how that came about and how much it's benefited you so far sure so I I had the I well the idea came from multiple places but I used to be part of this cap one sem group in one of my jobs. And I found so much benefit of talking to other people in my position because in sharing and whatnot. And I was going, huh, we have such, we have so many infinite divisions. Like I don't need to reach out to like an external consortium. I was like, we probably just need to connect some of our infinite people here. So I actually started with people, you know, it was, it wasn't even the platform. I started with people. So I just took top IT people, there was like eight of us. And we just, I set up a Zoom meeting and we just started talking about different things that we actually needed. And as we're talking, that's when I came up with this idea. And I was like, we just need a platform just to start to connect people, a way that I could get messaging out to a whole bunch of people, you know, to all my IT leads, instead of having them feel like they're on an island. And so, I actually, you know, I told Dave Silverman, I'm like, just, you know, I steal your ideas, you know, so he had front lines, right? And you know, front lines better than I, right? And I was just like, front lines is pretty cool. And I was like, 
you just like, I don't need to re reinvent the wheel. Can you just like copy this? Like just take sure. front line and copy it and make it so. And he was just like, oh, sure. That's super simple. And then the nice thing about it is that we iterated it on, on it several times. Right. And so we were able to say, oh, it's so cool if I had this. Oh, it'd be so cool if I had this. And so it kind of developed over time. But the basis of it was actually front lines and uh, some of the things that Dave and Rick Schneider had already put into place. And and this platform, by the way, has also evolved in that for me, I think it was amazing to be able to connect IT and I'm going to continue to do that and look for savings and all that sort of stuff. But this platform, I was just like, other people can really use this. Like, it's not just to me. I know we talked a little bit. I think you started to develop the marketing portion of it. The Wilson Ng part is going now. So Wilson actually just uploaded about 125 people so that he could share talent across his TAC and Tim team. Mm -hmm. And so he's starting off on that. And I just created a subsite for Eric Rushbrook because in his new new role, I was like, well, maybe he needs to communicate. So I I I wanted to kind of like not just be IT, but working with you, right? We've been talking about how do we actually get this to kind of grow some legs that benefits other people. Right. Yeah. And I, I think there's tremendous potential in this. So what other challenges do you have? that you can see in your role over the next couple years, say, as you, you know, develop this and continue with the collaboration and learn more about the groups. But are there any big challenges that you're looking forward to, you know, getting your hands dirty with? Um, yeah, I would definitely say it is international. So yeah. I only because I don't feel like sometimes it's lost in translation. Like I feel like because unfortunately, um, I did not listen to my mom and I don't know how to speak Chinese. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sometimes I like I there obviously we have a huge presence in, in China and I don't see as much collaboration across there. And I do think a lot of it is because of language, maybe barriers. Like I bring in YT to kind of help translate for me. But there's huge opportunities and synergies there as well. And just getting kind of that messaging across to them so that they understand like, wow, this is actually truly beneficial. So that's it there. I just always thought you were like from Georgia or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's long island, long island. <laughs> yes no i know you you and me both so we'll, we'll just jump to that that segues nicely now so you grew up where in long island smithtown and smithtown, smithtown. that's right Park. yeah yep. okay so what was a young linda chan like as a kid growing up not listening to her mother to learn how to speak Chinese. <laughs> I think that I am your standard Long Island girl, so to speak. You know, I went to SUNY Binghamton, then yeah. went back to Long Island. Spent most all of my jobs were on Long Island. A young Linda Chan was one that um, I actually loved to work, I guess. That would be the one thing that I always said. I, I started to work at a very young age. I worked, I never forget, I actually worked over 40 hours in a local key food grocery store. Really? Yes. I don't know. I, I just, uh, I love work. And I got yelled at by the guidance counselor because I was working too much. And I was just like, why? My grades are fine though. And it made no sense to me. So this but, is during high school, 40 hours during, a week during high school. Yeah. How did you yeah. manage to do that? 
I just, I, I, I have no idea. I liked it. And if I got over 40 hours, I got double time. I was like, well, why wouldn't I go over 40? It's double time. Yeah. Did you have any free time? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I did. I mean, you end up making friends with your work, I guess. And we did hang out with people at key foods and, and whatnot. So I think I just kind of incorporated that into my daily life, I think. Yeah. So what did you do? Like cashier or stock shelves or I did it all all, all of it. Yeah. I did I was a I was a price changer. Nowadays you don't need a price changer. Yeah. But this this is a time when there were like little stickers and everything. That's so right. Yeah. You'd have the little dial uh yeah, the little yeah. gun thing, and you'd, you'd hit the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. The only department that I didn't work in was the meat. I did deli also. Yeah. I didn't work in the meat department, but I did, I think, everything else there. Do you have any other crazy jobs before or through college? Oh, my God. I worked one, yes. I worked throughout college, too. So then I get to SUNY Binghamton. Of course, I went. So I worked at the bookstore. I worked at uh, Holiday Inn as a as a waitress. I worked, uh, yeah. So I I worked in the summer times at General Instruments. It's funny because I just saw Andy Gates, and uh, yeah. and we were kind of reminiscing in Binghamton because we were in Binghamton. I was like, wait, that's where I think I worked. Yeah. And then behind it, yeah. So I did. Uh, I waitressed a lot through college. Well, and worked at the bookstore. And what did you major in at SUNY Binghamton? Psychology. So, <laughs> yeah, which goes hand in hand with IT. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What, what was it about psychology? How did you get into that? I think I got into that because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And in in, in my culture, it was like a, a good thing to just be a teacher. Okay. Right. So I, I was like, all right. And I love children. I love them. Right. So I was just like, okay. I'm going to go for psychology then and then ultimately become a teacher because I like children. Yeah. And so that's kind of the route that I started to go into. But then when I graduated, I didn't really want to go into it as much. So I just took a job. I took a job working for a controller who owned IT. Oh, okay. And yeah. So I was, so he, I took a job. He wanted me to do some IT documentation. And then he said, okay, that's great. Can you do some programming? I'm like, of course I can. Just then so I started programming. Yeah. Then that's like when email and networking was coming around. And he was just like, by the way, can you also? And I was like, of course. Sure. And I just kept going after that. And they paid for my MBA. So that was nice too. Of course. That's great. Yeah. It's just. You know, psychology is about as far away from IT as you could <laughs> you could possibly get. You got into IT in essence just because you got a job and you naturally just said, yeah, sure, I can try that and I'll try that and I'll do that. And you might not have known how to do it, but you figured it out anyhow. When did it click in like, oh, I think this is this may actually be the career path that I have chosen without realizing it. When did that happen? Um, I actually don't think that there was a particular moment, actually. Yeah. I just kept rolling with it, believe it or not. And I think IT evolves so much, which is still one of the reasons why I love IT so much, because it's always evolving and changing. True. So I don't think there was one particular moment. I've always loved, I was fortunate to always love working with people that were, were in IT. So I think it just kind of evolved. Can you use any of your psychology degree? in IT? I don't know if it's like a uh, direct, I will say, obviously, you know, in my role, I do need to work a lot with people. Sure. I don't know if 
direct. And that's one of my favorite parts, actually, also. I have a lot of favorite parts. People think I'm um, crazy, but I do love <laughs> I do love working with uh, partnering and working with people. And then obviously with team development type stuff. But I don't know if it's like you really like learn it and then use it, so to speak. Okay. I you know, I just wasn't sure if, you know, I'm gonna hear you in future meetings when we're talking about an internet or something and you bring up something from Freud. If, you know, if there's some sort of connection there that I'm missing, I don't know. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you got into, you, you get more into IT. You're doing some jobs in Long Island. I think you said you did your MBA at Hofstra, right? Yes. Yeah. Then you became, and you are now, I think currently still a professor there. How did that yeah. come about? So is is everything that happens by chance, I guess. I, I was part of this group, it's called Athena. So I'm, I love the uh, women and like, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and it was a great organization on Long Island. Basically it recognized women leadership on Long Island. Basic basic mission statement, right? Mm -hmm. Which I thought was, so I was at a golf outing with a whole bunch of different women just talking about this organization. And I happened to meet the uh, someone who works at Hofstra. So me, I just like to ask questions, right? So I just start asking, I'm like, oh, you work at Hofstra? She's like, yes. I'm like, what does it take to be an adjunct associate professor? And she's like, well, it's not, it's actually not too bad. And also, she goes, why well, are you interested? I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I think I would love to do that. I love work teaching, I love undergrads and I think I think that I need to bring like other IT, like undergrads to get to know what IT is. And she says, okay, why don't you just send me your resume? Like send me something about yourself and I'll see what I'll, I'll put you in touch with the right person. So I, I didn't know at the time was that she was the Dean of the Zarb <laughs> School of Business. <laughs> Did not know that at that particular time. Yeah. And so I just sent it to her and um, kind of met with the department head and he gave me a couple of courses to teach. And so I, I continued to teach uh, introduction to e-commerce. Do you like it? Love it. What do you like about it? I love the students. Yeah. I love like every time any it's and and at the end when I've had I've had like one post, like a really nice LinkedIn saying like I linked together classroom to the, you know, to the professional world. And I've had like a one kid who like gave me a little notebook and it's just like the silly things. Like I felt like I'm making a difference. It's almost, you know, like you're yeah. making the difference. And I also love the, um, the reversed kind of mentoring thing. Cause again, I ask a lot of questions and I love to know like how they're thinking also. And you and I, I joke, but I usually start the class off with, you know, like, what do you think of when I say IT? First word that comes to your mind. Tell me what you think, right? And I go through the class and I write them down. And and psychology most, here. This yeah, yes. <laughs> and most of them will say like laptop and help desk, and and I go and, and some of them will give me better answers, like you know it's transfer. And I usually will pause and I'll say, okay, you know, my job is to show you the world of IT and like what it actually really does and how we can partner with you know the business and make transformations and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like they just don't know. And, and I like to show them that it's more than just my laptop is broken and I got to get it fixed. Yeah. yeah. More than just hardware. Yeah. It's hardware and help desk and whatnot. So it's, it's cool. I actually think you would love it. What? Uh, being a professor? Yeah. Oh, or no, even yeah. guest speaking. Yeah. I actually, so during my class, I usually bring in guest speakers too. Yeah. 
So, and most, I will say, almost everybody that I bring in as a guest speaker leave there going, oh my God, that was so much fun. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. But do you get anything out of it that you can use then in your IT job for Amphenol? Like, has it, has it helped you at all? Yes. So I would say yes, because um, I actually went, my project and assignment to them is to look at the Amphenol websites and talk to about business to business and how it's, because I say e-commerce isn't just about direct to consumer, right? It is about to be. So my last class, I actually broke them up into eight different groups and I assigned them as like AMAO. I assigned them as, so I actually was able to kind of like get their feedback on our websites and what they thought and what it could do and things like that. So I like getting the young, because one of the things I think is like, how do we bring the younger kids into the millennials into Amphenol? What do they think about us on the internet? What is our, so I kind of use that as a way for them to learn about us and then also in reverse to get their perspective in. And I also think that since I have to teach it, I have to know the topic really well, obviously. So it kind of forces me to, you know, to even dig deeper. I know that you kind of, you were like looking into SEO and you're learning. But if you have to teach it, guess what? You're going to actually really, really make sure that you're prepared to answer all their questions. So sure. it kind of pushed me too, to kind of make sure I'm prepared for the next topic that I have to teach. No, that's fascinating. I guess it's a good way to keep yourself sharp in both jobs. Uh, yeah. yeah, because they're they're kind of connected in that sense and and that you have to have the knowledge and then, you know, figure out strategies to implement these things. So, um, no, fascinating, fascinating that you're able to do that. How did you find Amphenol? Oh, I was a recruiter, actually. OK, so so I'm the, uh, the typical Amphenol story where you're going to say, like, did you know about I did not know about it. So I didn't know anything about Amphenol. Recruiter on LinkedIn saw my profile, reached out to me, and uh, you know Klaus was the first person that uh, that I spoke to, and I, I joke with Klaus. I said, Klaus, you had me at hello. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a great, great guy, and you know when he describes that he was looking for somebody that would call them this home, and that he had found this home, I was just like, that is just so nice. We might have to give Klaus the nickname of Jerry Maguire then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hope he doesn't mind. But no, that's great. So, and, and glad that you're here. When you're not working, though, what do you what do you typically like to do? Yeah, I saw three kids. My, I, I love just being with them. Believe it or not, I know because they're older. Maybe I know, like a lot of what? people, are like oh, my kids. <laughs> like being with their kids? No way. <laughs> so I do. I like. I spend a lot of time, and they're older now. So like the ones in Yukon, ones in Syracuse. I when I went to Sydney, I stopped in to see her. Yeah. And then I stopped back on my way in, and and I saw my uh, my daughter. She lives in Long Island City. Um. So I do spend a lot of time just being with them. I like to, you know, I like to go to the gym. That's another one of my favorite things. Do I have a little bit of downtime? I yeah. do like to do that too. Um. But you're. Your basic story, I think. So if I stuck you on a desert island, right? Are you ready for this? I'm sure you've been thinking I, about it. I have because you know I listen to your interface. Right. So uh, I stick you on a desert island now. It's not Long Island. It's not a Long Island, but just an island. Uh, you're yeah. by yourself. And I give you the chance to bring one album, one book, one movie, 
what album would you bring? We'll start with that one first. So I was going to believe in I like country. So I did think about it. I like Toby Keith. He's one of my favorites. I've seen him many times in concert. So okay. I'd probably pick his greatest hits one because I love his, I actually like specific songs like American Soldier, Red, White, and Blue. Okay. I love, I find them inspirational. So if I'm on a desert island, I think that they're very inspirational. So Toby Keith, spend time with Toby Keith on the desert island. How about a book? No. So I did think about that one too. I, I think it would be something like how to get off of that island, like how to survive on a desert. So I hear you on your podcast. You're like, would it be something that you read, or would you be working to get off? Yeah. I'd be picking the one on how to how to survive on an island for dummies, so that I can eventually get off. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. How about a movie? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with Castaway. Castaway, so it it goes hand in hand. It's a it's a companion to the book you're picking, basically. It totally is. Just like how do how do I get off of this island and get back to my kids? <laughs> type thing. So you're very practical then with your with your book and your movie. You're just looking to get the heck off of that island, <laughs> not enjoy yourself, not sit back and go Jimmy Buffett style. You know, no. and just relax and chill with a margarita. You're looking, I need to get off of this place. Yeah. I think I would be wanting to get off. <laughs> okay. The practical Linda Chan. <laughs> Great to have you on here. Thank you very much for doing this. No, thank you.